Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. I'm coming live from Newmarket as we build up to a very big weekend of racing this weekend. Uh, we're going to be t- taking you through the Juha Stakes, the Group 1, and the Cesarich as well as other weekend betting um, selections. We've got the return of some pretty exciting jump racing um we've got uh, a look at that we can have a look at chepstow if the boys tc and ross so wish to but before we get into this weekend's action we of course will always touch on um what winners we had last weekend um ross's next best tamaras came in and tc had in spiral never in doubt and i think that she just she proved her quality over a, a good looking bunch of fillies. Um, I was a bit nervous about the time of year with her and, you know, was she always at her best at the latter stage of the season? But she very much showed herself to be uh, still in, in great vein of form. And it's great to know that she will stay in training next season. And someone else that's going to stay in training, so to speak, next season is the jockey Frankie de Tori. Although he says that he's just going to stay in America race riding, but if the spiral is going to keep right running over in the UK, he won't be riding. He will not be riding her in anywhere, but unless she comes to America, because this is his news that I suppose is the worst kept secret in racing at the, this stage is that he is going to begin, keep on race riding, but only in America, which I don't think is going to take too much time to go through. I think we're probably a little bit exhausted at this stage of will he, won't he. Um, it was never really in doubt, but I suppose TC, um, knowing America and knowing how well he rode earlier in the in the year, it's not that much surprise. It just feels to me a bit of a shame that he just didn't admit it or just confirm it while he was out there earlier in the year. Yeah, well, he's a phenomenal rider. Uh, I'm sure he'll go on to win plenty of races in California, which incidentally has become the virtual retirement home for the jockey colony. I mean, you've got Mike Smith, John Velasquez, Kent DeZormo, Victor Espinosa, uh, Jersey Joe, and now Frankie, who are all 50 plus. So, uh, yeah, it is a virtual retirement home over there now. I'm sure Frankie will dictate matters. But look, we've seen every single Saturday oh, this is the last time Frankie's going to be riding here. Frankie's going to be riding here, especially between 1.30 p.m. and 4 p.m. rough times on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, look, he was charging 15000 to turn up at meetings, which was absolutely ridiculous. It's just been a massive ego trip for the man. But look, he's going to win plenty of races. And if he wants to ride, he wants to ride. Yeah, I think that's my big hunch is that so much money has been spent on this farewell tour. So many tracks have put so much to celebrate him and it's a bit superfluous, isn't it? It's not really anything other than, as you say, him just being able to celebrate himself with no reason at all because he's going to be riding and we're all going to be seeing him riding. We're not going to be missing it. Um, We can turn on the TV and watch him, um, but when it becomes oh, each track is celebrating it it just it just i don't know it, it that's just wound me up a little bit i don't know if you've got any thoughts on it ross um at all or whether it's come as a massive surprise to you or you don't really we can move on i echo what both of you say i mean they they say don't believe your own hype don't they and unfortunately he does um it's as tc said a, a sort of a year built entirely on ego i think it's taken up far too many column inches as it is um, and actually, it's you two I feel sorry for because he can jot off to America and he won't come into my uh, periphery very often unless he turns up at Royal Ascot, which I'm sure he will. I'm already dreading the return of Frankie and all that sort of stuff. Unfortunately, you guys have to cover it more than me. Um, yeah, I, I think the whole thing has been disingenuous from start to finish. And the sooner we get to the end of the 
flat season, not for the end of flat racing, but just to the end of this saga and move on and give some other talented, young, hardworking, genuine uh, characters uh, a bit more spotlight, the better for my liking. Yeah, really well said. Um, I, I, I think it's totally right. I just think it's been handled that poorly. Um, I think ever since he split up with Pete Burrell, who did a, a very, very good job handling his media, but now he sort of is handling his own media for some sort of reason. And I thought the, the tweet in the video was just a little bit disingenuous as, as well. But look, we'll move on. And I actually do think this another bit piece of news is far more impactful for our sport, especially national hunt racing as we as we turn our tide from one um, season to the other. Um, the Aintree has announced that there'll be made major changes to the Grand National for next year onwards. And I suppose it's off the back of a very difficult um, Grand National meeting, a difficult race to watch. Also, we had the, um, the, the antis running riot and trying to make it even worse, but it, it wasn't a great view. And I think it's good that they've taken the time to look at making changes, but quite a surprise, I think, um, that we've got a reduction from 40 to 34 runners. Um, the races move forward earlier in the day. It's normally around about 5 p.m. start time. I think it's probably for TV purposes, but they're moving it forward for safer ground. Um, the rolling start has changed to a standing start and the first fence moves 60 yards forward. Uh, there's been a lot of differing opinions and Ross, you know, your national hunt better than ever and ever. Um, you know what it's, what, what we you've seen it as much as we have probably over the years, how it's changed and it's evolved. Do you think that these are positive changes uh, for our sport or this is a, this is the start for probably more changes to come and more weakening of, of the great grand national? I, I think it's wholly positive. I absolutely understand that there'll be a lot of people that say that this is, the BHA paying lip service to the protesting and and the, the, the social climate we're in. But frankly, I think, you know, a field reduction of 15%, which is essentially what it is, bringing the, the first fence closer to the start, a standing start, is all going to mean that they're not going to be able to go quite as quick down to the first fence. And there will just be a little bit more room. And room is so important for these horses to see what they're doing and the jockeys to see where they're where they want to position themselves i think it's a great thing it it might not suit some horses i saw a couple of tweets that said oh no you know it means that the uk are going to have less runners in the race so what i don't care it'll still be a good race and if they're irish or they're uk i mean i don't see racing as a sort of a team sport you know who's who's british who's who's irish it needs to be a good race it needs to be a clean race it needs to be a fair race and it needs to be as safe a race as it possibly can be and i think anyone that's a racing fan understands that you cannot remove all of the risk and you can't remove all the risk of anything in society but you've got to do the best i think it was an ugly start to the race last year i don't think anyone can justifiably argue that they've made moves to to make it safer that's a good thing. Now, why they're doing it to me doesn't really matter. I do despair at the leadership sometimes from the BHA, but I think these are, for whatever reason, whether it's to pacify people or whether it's because they genuinely believe it's going to make it safer, I believe it will make it safer. I think that's a good move um, and uh, I, I'm all for it. Okay, well, good news, positive um, thoughts from Ross after uh, the announcement of entry of the changes to the Grand National. As um, you said, there are um, concerns, I suppose, and maybe they're a bit far reached that this is the start of the abolition of jump racing. Um, I, I like to hope that if anything, it just it, it encourages people to view racing in, in, a, in a sport that knows how to move forward in a way that um, listens to 
the, the negative and the positive comments that do, do come all over the world when they see racing um, in a in a in a in a way that doesn't look right. And if it doesn't look right, it probably isn't right. So we do have to make changes, but that doesn't mean that it means it's the end of racing. It's to benefit benefit in the national hunt game. So we'll get more probably get more into all into that um that uh, the nuances as we get head into the um the jump season properly but for now we're going to focus on some really good racing uh, on the flat uh, at Newmarket this weekend because it's one of my favorite days and that's not only just because of obvious reasons to do the Zarich but I do love the quality of two-year-olds that we have on offer but also the absolute lottery that is the says it's just an absolute minefield they start in one county they end in another um you get horses that are well in you get some Irish trying to chance their arm um, in in a big field like this and this year we've got Rachel Blackmore coming over to ride in it so there's so much to look forward to in terms of the Zarowicz um, but it is the Dewhurst that will start just before that um, which is I think going to be one of the most eagerly anticipated races for the two-year-olds this season um, the Jean-Luc Lagardère was a very very strong race but it did not have City of Troy and we've been waiting waiting patiently to see this horse return to the track it's now been 91 days he was due to run at the Irish Champions Festival but it was a late withdrawal on account of the ground now I can confirm sitting in Newmarket as I have been the last few days it's been very dry um, but this morning it tipped down for about four hours solidly but having said that I'm at the sales I'm, I'm a little bit further away from the track and they do have their own microclimates here in Newmarket so it doesn't seem like they've had a huge amount but there is a lot expected to fall over the next couple of days. We're recording on Thursday as always. So we'll see, will he or won't he run? City of Troy is obviously by Justify a very um, what good moving sort as well. So they wouldn't want it on the softish side. Having said that, it was good soft when he won the superlative. But we will see and we'll see if he's of note to TC and to Autoros. We've got the likes of Iberian, Alin Abbey, Array, Indian Run, Eben Shabab, um, Henry Adams and Hartem who complete the field. And TC were both big, big fans of City of Troy. Um, both have him on anti-post slips for next season's classics. We really hope he'll run, don't we? Do you think there's a world where they might just back out again? Of course there is. We never know. <clears throat> you know, Aidan O'Brien tends to let his horses run when they're ready to run. Um, and if City of Troy is ready to run and the ground does get a little bit softer, which I think it probably will, but not too soft, um, then he should be able to take his chance. Look, I absolutely love this horse. I think he's the best two-year-old uh, in the UK, Ireland or US combined. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. RPR of 118 in the superlative, by far the best in the last 10 years. Only had two starts and, you know, with these two-year-olds, you can really hype them up and uh, pretend they're better than they are. But I think this, this guy's a, the real deal. Um, you have to trust that he's ready to go after three months layoff. But this is Aidan O'Brien, as I say. He knows when the horse is ready. I'm sure if he turns up here, he's going to win the race. But he's a short price. He's 8 to 15. Do I want to punt him at 8 to 15? Probably not. But I do want to watch him win. And I want to watch him win very nicely. Because as you say, we have those antipost tickets for next year. If I was to have a bet in the race, which again, I'm not going to. But there is the dead eight runners. Each way standpoint would be to back Indian run for Eve Johnson-Horton. He's probably just a little bit overpriced given the connections. Eve, as good as she is with her young horses and with all horses in general, actually, isn't Aidan O'Brien. So her horses tend to be overpriced when she runs them in group ones. But as you say, City of Troy is the only horse I'm really interested in in this race. Okay, well, Indian run um, is around about, is a, is a big enough price. 
um, around the 20 to 1 mark, I think, um, 25 to 1 even. Um, and yeah, he's got a group three winner. I just think it's the level of form. I don't think Ballymount Boy did much to improve on that form uh, last time out, whereas some of the others, including Iberian, um, Ross and I'll get to you next just to see if there's anything that can really throw a big challenge up City of Troy. Iberian beat Rosalian uh, fair and square, although potentially Rosalian wasn't at his best on soft ground at Doncaster. Um, Ali and Abby looked very good, I thought, when he showed a good attitude to get past horses late on to win last time out at Newmarket and has proven on this track. Um, is there anything that you think might throw a bit of a, a bit of a challenge to this freakish looking animal? I, I think it's only the ground that can, can get him beat Jess. I mean, I saying just before we start recording it, for me, there's shades of Augusta Rodan at, at Doncaster at the back end of last year, you know, would they run him? Would they not? And then they said they would run him and, and, and very much felt like they were taking a bit of a chance if he didn't go on the soft ground. And as it was, he was just far too good for them on, on, on the day. I think the same could be, said here of City of Troy I think if they run him you, you're loathe to oppose him but if they're running him on soft ground that does perhaps give a few more a chance I think if it if it's good good to soft he's just so much better than these uh eight pound clear officially on on ratings um I took the view that that this track wouldn't suit Iberian the form looks great doesn't it with given what uh, Rosalian came out and did in the Jean-Luc Lagardère but I think you have to to, to be really careful and, and say that the ground uh, in the Champagne Stakes just did not suit Rosalian. He really struggled on the soft ground, and conversely, it really suits Iberian. So that can exaggerate the the form line between them. But I took the view that Iberian is not the most balanced colt. At Goodwood, the time before, he went round that right-handed bend the whole way on the wrong lead, and then pulling up at Doncaster, there's a fairly sharp left-hand bend, and he changed onto his right lead, and again went round the bend on the on the wrong lead. Now I could be reading too much into it but to me a horse using its correct lead around a bend tends to suggest they're well balanced and if they don't can often suggest they're not balance on on this rolling mile track is is really important they come down into the dip and and the undulations as well so for me from from uh, that Doncaster race onwards I was always going to be against Iberian for all that he might get ground that he likes um and so if i'm looking for an, a, a play against city of troy and i probably will sit the race out but if i was it would be a ray i thought he's quite a big price i liked what he did in the mill reef don't think that was a great race but i loved how he relaxed i loved how he got down and and really attacked in the final furlong and stayed on very well um he'll certainly like this this stiffer track and and seven furlongs um whether he's quite up to this class i'm not sure they very much spoke about him being a horse for next year. So whether that big effort in the Mill Reef might just have left a mark is a, another slight query. But if I was given a free bet, I think it would be him each way. Um, I think he's got plenty more to come yet. And this track and trip and ground will suit him. Yeah, 16 to 1 is not a bad price in an eight-runner race for an each-way bet. Um, he just... They, yeah, they, they are, Oshin Murphy rode him to win the, the Mill Reef, said that they'd like to, like to hope he'll stretch out to, to seven or even be a, a miling a guinea's horse next year. He's bred on a quite a sprinting level, isn't he? Um, but um, it'll be interesting. They've got to give it a go. I think group one, he's he's a hardy sort. He can't do much wrong. James Doyle on board as Oshin is in America to ride Morge this weekend, um, which we can, we'll touch on, I'm sure. Um, um, Tom's got some thoughts on that. But um, Array, as an each way play, I'm all in on City of Troy. I don't think it is, um, but can't be backing him. But again, I agree with Ross that it's a each way race kind of, kind of, um, 
it's an each way betting race and Ali and Abby is the one with the track form as eloquently um, given detail about Iberian's balance and um, using a right lead and being able to handle a track like Newmarket at such a young age with, with the lack of experience just concerns me about Iberian. I think City of Troy is extremely straightforward. He won't be a, that won't be a problem at all. Ali and Abby at least has done, um, done got, gone on and done it at Newmarket at this track. Didn't really go perfectly for him, but I think it might've made a little bit of a man of him to have come where he did, had to go past horses late. Um, and I actually think he ran a really good race to finish fourth behind Rosalie and Ascot when he was still really green and such a baby. Um, so lots to look forward to for him. And he's around the 10 to one chance for um, the Dewhurst. So City of Troy all around, um, but you can stick in something else if you want to, to chase him home. Um, right, we'll head into the 240, which is a Cesarewitch, um, two mile, two furlongs. And as always, we have a great field size, um, 34 runners, I think it is. Um, uh, and so that's the max that we've got. And we've got a very healthy lineup over from Ireland, um, including the current favorite which is Pied Piper who we know is a, a very very classy jumper um, over hurdles he's rated 157 so he's 51 pounds um, higher on on his hurdle mark to sorry 61 pounds would be the difference between his hurdle and his flat mark and we normally say that should be around a 40 pound increase so with that in mind He's well, well in. Um, he's only had the one run on the flat since um, coming back, uh, since all of his improvement um, over hurdles. So he's a really interesting one that you imagine is being plotted into it. And Ryan Moore booked, he's normally booked for something of Willie's, but Ryan Moore booked for Gordon Elliott is a pretty good sign in itself. So that's Pied Piper. We've got then best of the UK representation is Grand Providence for Hayley Turner and Andrew Balding. He's got a light featherweight of 8-2. Um, the shunt is in here. Um, last year's runner-up, Vino Victrix, Jesse Evans, not so sleepy. He was third in the race last year, um, is here after a good win. Uh, last time he's got a four-pound penalty. And we've got plenty more. I'm not going to name all of them. Um, but, Tom, going to start with you first. What do you make of the runners that have come, the, the sort of, the overall look of the Cesarewitch this year, because I think it's a stronger race than last year. We had a we had a, a bit of a plot job who went and won this um, last year for Charles Burns. I think that this has got more depth to it, and I found it very difficult. Yeah, it's definitely got some depth. I mean, I was all over Run for Oscar 12 months ago, I have to say, um, when he won. But he was sevens and then backed into four to one on the off. And if he was four to one at this point... 12 months ago, I wouldn't have tipped him because there's no value in four to one on a 34 runner field where anything can happen. Um, albeit he was extremely well in. Now, I think he was much better treated than Pied Piper is this year. Now, obviously he is well treated. You've already outlined that based on his uh, jumps mark compared to his flat mark. But at the same time, this is a horse who's nine to two and will be backed because Ryan Moore's teaming up with Gordon Elliott because he's a grade two, county uh, grade two winning hurdler and finished second in the county hurdle. He's backed on his hurdling form and connections, not on his flat form. Look at his flat form. He's two from 11 on the flat. He used to be with John Gosden, so it wasn't like he was with some second-tier trainer. He's with the best trainer, maybe Charlie Appiah's side, in the UK right now. And he could only win two races. They all came off lower marks. He's now six pounds higher than when he was last successful on the flat. Yet, he's nine to two. Like, if you're punting, value should always be your number one thing. There is no way there's value with Pied Piper. I think it should be between seven to one and ten to one. Therefore, 92 is a terrible price and you have to take him on. That being said, I'll take a shot at two at bigger prices. The first is a horse that has already proven 
that he likes the course, proven he likes the distance and can run well in this race. And that's Vino Victrix. As you say, finished second in this event last year. He didn't get a very good run through either. Just as he was trying to make a, a move with run for Oscar, he got tightened up between runners, uh, which definitely cost him a length or two. Like he would never have won the race, but he still ran admirably and was clear-cut second that day. Quite clearly been aimed at this event ever since. Uh, he's able to race off £2 lower, and I thought last time out he was definitely uh, using that as a prep for this. Uh, so Vino Victrix, goes, Vino Victrix goes in. For me, the only negative for him is potentially if the ground does get testing, because I think he wants it pretty quick out there. Uh, the other horse is a, a horse who I think would like the testing ground, which is Wordsworth. Now, he's 25 to 1, 20 to 1 in places. I think that's a really good price because he was a high-class performer for Aidan O'Brien on the flat, especially as a three-year-old, where he was placed in the Irish Derby and in the uh, Grand Prix de Paris as well. Uh, quite considerably a, a Group 1 horse at that stage. Now, he did completely go off the boil last year. Then he moved uh, trainers. That didn't work out. Now he's with David Pipe. Based on his profile and his recent form figures, you probably couldn't have him. But I loved how David Pipe seemed to get him rejuvenated last time out over hurdles. I know it's a completely different kettle of fish running in a maiden hurdle or novice hurdle, whatever it was, compared to the Cesarewicz. But it seemed like he was enjoying his racing again. And for a horse with that kind of back class uh, and ability, I think you've got to take note in, in a race of this nature, especially when Christian Howarth is taking off £5. So I'll have Wordsworth as well as Vino Victrix. Just a quick one on the draw. He's drawn 34 or 34. Is that a negative? I, it, obviously, so much happens. It's a long race. So sometimes I, I sort of forget the draw in, in, in these sort of long marathon races. But that's very wide. It is wide. I think you could take it two ways. One, it's wide and he might get caught wide on the bend, therefore lose ground out there, have to cover more distance, etc. But you could also take it as there's space. So there's going to be an option for the rider to go forward if he wants to, to pull back if he doesn't. If you're in like 15 or 16, yeah, great. You're not too far from the rail and getting a good posse. But at the same time, what happens in the first three or four strides can dictate the whole race for you. You could be squeezed out and therefore you're right at the back. Now you're in plan B or C territory rather than plan A. Being out in 34, he's got the option to go forward if he wants, drop in if he wants. Okay, right. That's Wordsworth, who has uh, got a, is a very interesting type of horse, as you say, has been rejuvenated, got quite a big weight, um, but uh, he's he's the kind of price that you want in a in a race of this nature. I think I can find him here at twenty five to one. Um, so that that's what Wordsworth and a little interest in Vino Victrix as well um, for TC, who ran a very solid race in this last year and looks to be um, and in as good a form. Right, Ross, what have you, how did you, how do you go about even handicapping this race or for want of a better, more English using term, how do you dig out your form and start and stop? Are you looking for improvers? You know, Grand Providence has got an almighty profile for a filly who's not done a huge amount, a three-year-old. Do you look at stats? How does it, how do you work out where you fall in a race like this? Well, I get the blindfold out, spin three times, <laughs> throw the darts at the dartboard and see where they land. Um, no, I, I, I took the view that uh, I wanted to be against the three-year-old. Um, I, I don't know the stats, but just for me watching uh, the last few editions uh, of the search it's a tough grueling race it just doesn't look to me like a race for the three-year-olds for all that they get lumps of weight um i worry i liked wordsworth i thought he was really good over hurdles i didn't know whether he'd take to it and i thought he was looks like he enjoyed it and jack tudor gave him a nice ride and he he won by a wide margin which was going to do him a lot of good but i just worry that from 34 if he gets 
in behind a few, whether he might start to, to sulk again. I think he liked bossing it uh, over hurdles last time. Um, I thought Tritonic was interesting, really interesting, but I've just taken the view that the rain is going to come and take this ground just a bit too too soft for him. But I thought he looked fairly nicely handicapped on, on his best form. Um, so the two I did come down with on the ground, and I just will add, I completely agree with TC about Pied Piper. There's no value there whatsoever. And for all that Gordon Elliott's having the winners, he's had a few absolutely bomb out. Um, I, I don't think he, he would say that his yard is in, is in full health. When you then add in the fact the horse has got to travel, um, that would put me off, to be honest, at, at that sort of price as well. Um, one that I did think was was nicely handicapped, again, using your £40 sort of um, calculation uh, from flat to, to hurdle and chase, was, was the shunter. Now, we don't need to say about Emmett Mullins and, and what a wizard he is at sort of plotting these things up and coming from left field. But, you know, the shunter off a marker 94, he's 138 over hurdles, he's 148 over fences. I thought he shaped really well at Garen last time, um, wasn't given a hard time over a mile and four on on good ground where it paid to be ridden handy. The, win, the winner made all. Um, he was dropped in. Um, they quickened away from him a little bit, but he stayed on quite nicely without being absolutely uh, given the, the hardest of times. Um, I thought that was a nice sighter for this. He'll like soft ground. He's pretty a, a, adaptable on that and I think you're like a big field as well I think he's getting a bit cute he's getting older I could see James Doyle who I've always thought is a, a rider for, for getting his head around a horse I could see him sort of weaving in and out and, and moving him through traffic a little bit keeping him interested I just thought this type of track this big field might just suit him and and this time last year or November the November handicap last year he ran a really big race over two miles having completely botched the start stayed on well on, on soft ground uh, off of just a one pound lower mark. Um, so I thought a, a double figure price, he was worth an interest. And then an even bigger price, uh, and it's a little bit more fanciful, is, is golden shot for, for Mark Prescott. Um, I think this horse is really ground dependent. Um, and I would, as a result, put a line through his run at Nottingham last time, where he just looked one pace up the home straight, uh, knees going up and down on the spot. The ground was quite quick there. And that was also a, a second time he'd been turned around quite quickly. Both times that's happened, uh, which is a Mark Prescott MO, really, things haven't worked out. I just wonder if he needs a bit of time between his races. He's had plenty of time since then. He's got a really nice racing weight of eight stone eight. Um, I think over these sort of marathon trips, weight uh, allowance can be can be exaggerated. If you've got a low weight, you're carrying that lower weight for longer while someone else is carrying a heavy weight for longer. I think it can be exaggerated. Um, soft ground will suit him, uh, a golden horn. And uh, I thought he was an interesting one at a big price. Okay, golden shot. Um, I th I'm just trying to hope that it is good. What kind of price would you be wanting for him out of interest? Oh, 150 to one. <laughs> oh, sadly i don't think he's as I don't 25 think, i think people worked us out as well i'm afraid ross we've got 25 golden shot and actually the shunters at 10s shunter do you wouldn't want to get you wouldn't want him getting any shorter than that no, would he was, you he was bigger than that when i was doing my notes jess yeah i've got a stat about the shunter. i've got a stat about the shunter if that's if that's uh, of interest it. only one horse in the last 50 years over the age of nine has won uh, the Cesarich. The chance is obviously 10. That one horse, could you name it off the top of your head? Eddie Ahern Road. Eddie Ahern. Oh, um, yeah. In the last 10 years. I do know it, but I can't remember the name of it. 
It was about 15 years ago. Caracciola is yeah. the horse. Oh, for Nikki. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. So doesn't it, it takes a while for a horse of that nature to, to, to win a race like this. It's mad the shunt is 10. It does feel, I mean, in one way you feel like he's been around forever, but in another way you feel like he's not ever, we always thought he was going to be this, this horse that was going to go and win. Well, he has done, hasn't he? But maybe he's just always been a sort of a nearly horse, but this would be a, a great feather in his cap and a, a great training achievement of by Emmett Mullins. Um, but there's lots of horses like this. I love having Not So Sleepy in here. And if he would, I, if there's going to be one horse over the age of 10 to buck those trend stats, for me, it would be him because he just loves life. And seeing him running around Newbury um, last time out and holding all his younger horses at bay off after seven months off the track in like a no-nonsense ride by Oshin Murphy, I thought that was brilliant viewing great for the sport to see a horse that's been so well nurtured to to still do it at that, this age so he he shouldn't be completely discounted as well um but i uh, myself i found it as i said i found it difficult i just think temporized for sid hosey who's an interesting character isn't he we saw him light up the Cheltenham um, winners enclosure last year. Um, he's done so well with the horses he's had. And uh, he's got, he shoots from the hip a little bit. He's got quite an unusual training um, uh, method mechanisms, but he's, I think he's got a horse in Temporize that he's really managed to work, work out. He used to be with the Johnsons. Um, he picked him up from the sales, uh, I think it was for yeah, 32,000 guineas. And surprisingly, um, he did something that the, the, the Johnsons couldn't do, stepped him up further than two miles, over two and a half miles at Goodwood last time. He won going away and he showed that he's really just an out and out dour, dour stairs, postponed out of a monsieur mare. Um, I think he's improving. I think the ground is very key for him. He wouldn't mind it soft. He's gone up seven pounds for that win at Goodwood, which I don't think was a bad race, but he does need to improve his form again. Um, but I just think with this, you need to have a horse that stays. You need a horse that can finish out because that last two furlongs just can take, they all meet such a flat spot and they just can't, they can't handle it anymore. But I think that Temporize will still be there or thereabouts and he'll still be able to and as we know, he's already won over a trip further than the two mile, two fur, furlongs and on the flat, um, as both Ross and TC says, just because you've, you're now a two mile winning hurdler doesn't mean you necessarily even get two mile two on the flat. Um, so the stamina is really key to my selection there with Temporize and uh, the Sid Hosey fan club, because he's, uh, he's a good man to, to, to watch and to, um, to, to get behind. Um, well, no Willie Mullins selections. I wonder out of interest if there was one TC of Willie Mullins is or Ross, because you'd be a fool to overlook them. Although he hasn't had a winner in this race for got two years, but he did go on that three year roll and he's always got something lined up and he's got quite a few um, in here. Is there anything either Ross or TC that you would like of his? Yeah, there not was... for me. I'll I, oh, go on Ross. No, go on, you go TC. Yeah, not for me, because I still haven't got over the fact that Burning Victory lost a buzz. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm anti-Willie Mullins in this race, I now have to say. I, Fair enough. I, I just thought Zenon was was perhaps just interesting and interesting enough, but um, you'd be going too much on the on the Willie Mullins magic factor. And I, and I, I don't like when tipsters and, and sort of pundits put up a horse just because it's trained by X, Y or Z. I think it's sort of um, it's, it's too fight, flightful. So um, I thought Zenon was interesting, but uh, got to stick to the form and 
and TC, we should say, has got a really good record in this race. So if you're listening, listen yeah. carefully. Yeah, it certainly does bar that burning victory tip. <laughs> absolute shocker. Um, <laughs> um, right, l I'm looking forward to this sandwich as always. Um, we've got brilliant racing, um, not just on the flat. Ross, we've got racing over jumps. It, really good racing. It's Chepstow. But I've seen where your selections are and I'm starting to think that we've converted you. Are you you've forgotten about that it's return of Chepstow this weekend? And I'm going to be all about the all weather scene this winter, Jess. Wolverhampton and Southern, <laughs> I can't wait wow. for it. No, um, I, I'm really keen. I, I absolutely cannot wait for this Chepstow card. It's as good as I can remember. Um, and there's also been a bit of rain around and ground has looked pretty safe recently. But I just think at this time of year, it's worth sitting and watching with a notepad and, and paper and you'll get loads of clues. And equally, if you, if you back something and get burnt fingers, it can put you off later in the year when actually it was just that it needed the run or something in the in the race was just slightly more forward. So loads of clues on offer, lots of good novice chases and uh, the veterans race, I mean, just looks absolutely brilliant this weekend. Um, so yeah, really excited, but I'm going to sit on my hands and I'm uh, stuck to the stuck to the flat for the nap and next best. Right. Well, well, with that in mind, all further ado, um, take away. So the nap comes in the 125 at, at Newmarket and it's the Godolphin uh, trained Ancient Wisdom, um, who I think hindsight shows his form to be really quite decent. Uh, he won at Haydock first time up and absolutely won pulling a cart. Second and third, are, are no mugs, they're both rated 87 and 88. Then went to Newmarket on the July course and, and gave six pounds and an easy uh, beating to Never So Brave, um, who then went next time out and ran Van Diek to three quarters of a length, albeit that was on Van Diek's debut. That form looks looks really good because he, he beat him hollow at Newmarket. And then the third place in the listed race at Newbury, uh, the ground was too lively. Uh, he raced a little bit awkwardly on the outside of the field and he was beaten by Rosalian. Well, Seven furlongs, good ground is absolutely Rosalian's bag. Um, I don't think that was a bad run at all. He's a big, rangy horse. He's clearly been given a bit of time since Newbury to, to come to hand. This slightly softer ground, this extra furlong is going to suit him. His damn one on soft and heavy in, in France. Uh, I think he's a really nice horse. And a lot has been said about Godolphin having a, a poor year and a weak crop of juveniles. And I think that's undoubtedly true compared to, to last year. But I think this is a nice horse and it wouldn't be surprised to me if he took a really big step forward now at this time of year going into his three-year-old year. So the nap is ancient wisdom in the 125. And then just having a slight angle on the national hunt. The next best comes in the 410 at York and it's the Fergal O'Brien train punctuation. Uh, you referenced the sort of £40 to try and calculate where their flat mark should be against their jumps mark or, or vice versa. Well, he's rated 82 on the flat. He's got a hurdle rating of 137. So even my maths can work out that's 55. So that's £15 to play with. Holly Doyle jocked up. She's brilliant, but I think she's especially good in these in these long distance races. Um, and he was competitive off 88 and 89 for the, for the boarding team. He didn't win off that mark, but he was hitting the frame. And the simple fact of the matter is he just looks a much, much better horse since he's gone to Fergal O'Brien. Like he's just stepped forward every run. Uh, it could be that he stepped forward every run because he enjoys jumping far more than just galloping around a field. But I'm prepared to take the chance that that he is just a better horse. A mark of 82 underestimates him if that's the case. So he's the next best in the 410 at York. 
Okay, um, ancient wisdom and punctuation and good case for ancient wisdom. I think maybe TC, you're, you were expecting Ross to do what he normally does and what he's very, very good at. So um, it's quite punchy that he's not only selected a nap on the flat this weekend, but he's also gone and broken into your house and stolen all your notes. Um, absolutely stolen it. I can't believe it. the outrage. I just saw a change man, Ross. We used to know you. We used to know you about this big, wild naps and big field handicap hurdles at Foss Lass, and you've changed. I'm now it's a group, group race. Luring to a false sense of security. <laughs> You'll be back eventually. He'll be back eventually. We'll re we'll refind him. Um, but TC, I know that you're keen on ancient wisdom as well. What 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 do you like about him, and what's your next best? Yeah, stop me if you've heard this before, but Ancient Wisdom in the 125 at Newmarket is my nap of the day. Um, I will be saying certain things that Ross has already said, but uh, the form last time was very strong. Obviously, Rosalian's gone on to win a Group 1. The runner-up has subsequently filled the same berth at Group 2 level. It was a good performance in defeat. Prior to that, the two efforts were very good. This also cost 2 million, uh, 2 million guineas or pounds. I can't remember which one, um, but they obviously expect a great deal out of him. Uh, I think he's got a wicked turn of foot. He's bred to handle middle distances, so this trip will definitely suit. And what is key, which Ross didn't mention, which I'm glad I can whack this stat in, because it's my most exciting stat of the week, um, is that Godolphin targets this Group 3 Autumn Stakes. They've won it six times in the last seven years. The only exception is Persian King, who won it for uh, Andre Fab. Actually, I thought he was Godolphin until I checked the colours, and it was two shades of blue, not uh, Godolphin's one shade. Now, Three of the six winners that Godolphin have had in this race in the last seven years went on to win a Group 1. Two others finished second and fourth at the top level. They generally run their top-class animals here. I love that they're targeting this horse, Ancient Wisdom, at the Autumn Stakes. So he is my nap. Uh, the next best is basically based on the incoming weather. I think they're due around 25 millimetres at Newmarket in the next 48 hours. So... It really could get testing underfoot, and that will suit fast response in the five o'clock. Um, how many times do you reckon Ryan Moore has ridden for Carl Burke in his career? Well, I'll, I'll just spoil it and give you the answer. The answer is eight. He's only ridden eight times for this trainer in his career, which I think is notable. He takes the ride on Saturday. Um, fast response is extremely ground dependent. She needs it uh, wet underfoot. She's got great form uh, for the list level. She's been running at listed level throughout until last time where she ran in the Air Gold Cup. Uh, and finished a very good sixth. Ryan Moore is a big step up on Brandon Wilkie. No offence to the uh, the claiming rider. He is very good for, for his £7 claim. But Ryan Moore is the best. So I like this jockey booking. Um, I really like her in this spot as well. Fast response in the 5 o'clock at Newmarket. And what I will say is she'll be very well punted if the rain does come. So get on early. Okay. Um, interesting that. I thought he'd ridden more for him. I know that Carbert likes to use him, but he's pretty much impossible, mm. isn't he, to, to get. Um, but Ryan Moore will be taking up a, a good amount of rides at Newmarket this weekend, and but more or less always um, for um, for his boss. But um, uh, in very much got a lot of confidence now behind this um, ancient wisdom, as you say. The likes of Gaieth and Caribus have, have won that race, and um, you, they would have probably have hoped being a son of Dubawi, um, important son of Dubawi, that he, and being the price he was, which was two million um, euros uh, as a at sales. Um, he nearly got there. Going to be one of the three um, that he'd be able to get back to winning ways. Um, obviously, his form the form has worked out with, with Rosalian, and maybe it might give a bit of a boost for Alianabi um, uh, 
backers as well for the Dewhurst. Um, so um, that is Na Nap's next best. Um, mine, I uh, know this is a bit of a bit of a wild choice. It probably is, um, but I'm going to take the role as Ross for the first time, um, and we'll see how I get on. Um, but. We're going to Chepstow, and with what in mind with Ross, with what Ross has said, that some of these horses will be watching briefs. A lot of these horses haven't run uh, for a long time. They're coming back from their summer breaks. Um, and I just was having a look at the um, the 310 at Chepstow. Um, it's a novice chase. It's a listed race, two mile, three and a half furlongs. There's five runners. Four out of the five are all coming off the back of a summer break. Um, and um, I think it's three out of the five have never run over fences in public before. Um, but having said that, Nappers Hill has got a rating of 153. He's a he's a very talented grade two um, uh, hurdler. Um, he won at Sandown on the closing meeting when he was last seen. He's obviously in the right hands with Paul Nichols to take to chasing, um, you'd imagine. But just if, just if he doesn't, um, and that's the same with um, a couple of the others, um, and knowing that unexpected party wouldn't, couldn't manage to get his head in front at all over as a novice chaser last year, I just think Bella Bliss for John McConnell, who, yes, has got an official rating of 120. She's got um, no weight. She's got 10-12 because of being a mare in the field. But she comes off the back of a, a really decent... Um, run of form this this summer she's been kept very busy yes in lesser races um yes one of them was a, a bit of a walkover in the end um in a two-runner race at kelso um she just got the last fence wrong um last time out at clonmel but we know she can do it she's in here race fit and yes it's a bit of a wild nap but sean bowen's on board he's basically the champion jockey already this season and i just thought give it a go bit of a swing at that so that's bella bliss napa's hill isn't over big either is he like you wouldn't you wouldn't put your house on the fact he's going to take to fencing mm. and i'm pretty certain that last year they were planning on going chasing at the back end of the season before last said they were going chasing and then they didn't they stuck to hurdles i'm sure i've got that in my in my head it does yeah it wouldn't really surprise me i think they're taking they, they've done everything they can do over hurdles at this stage they know he's not ever going to be a grade one horse they're not going to be running him in, in, in against constitution hill so you've got to go chasing don't you yeah. um so that means you approve yeah i approve <laughs> okay. i approve of the, of the logic of taking him on yeah okay i'm taking him on and i'm going a bit mad the next one probably should be my nap but it's my next best because it's a um uh it's quite a difficult race, really. This is Spirit Dancer in the 350 at Newmarket. The Darley Stakes, one mile, one furlong. I just think the horses at the top of the market are very happy to take them on. Knight has been a little bit seconditis. He's just not really had his season this year. Um, he's had it on, maybe the ground needs to be a bit quicker for him, but he actually won on on very testing ground last year. Um, but he just hasn't got his head in front. Highland Avenue has been massively disappointing. He's just not really, really rediscovered his form from his early years. Real gains interesting for Richard Hughes and Finley Marsh. He's on an upward trajectory. Um, he's £10 or so higher than when he bolted up at Newmarket um, back in September. But then you've got Spirit Dancer, who's done absolutely nothing wrong this season. He's, um, he's, been running he ran extremely well in in handicaps he then won a big field, um a small field handicap at york back in july and then um backed that up at windsor and then he stepped into 
um, Group 3 company um, back at the York Eball Festival and the um, Strensel Stakes and won easily beating El Drama and Flight Plan. It was a good race. Yes, Nostrum wasn't right, but I don't think there was any fluke about it. Um, and I think that he's a he's a horse that um, um, possibly might just be best suited at the likes of York. He's going to have to just show that he can do it. Newmarket, that, that is my only concern. But I don't think that I think he's slightly overlooked in the in the betting at around seven to one. So that is my next best um, for this weekend. So we have co come to the end. We've gone through quite a lot this uh, this episode. Plenty to get um, our teeth into. Um, let's hope we found some winners. Um, we know that uh, Ancient Wisdom is um, a very much on the radar of, of TC and Ross. Um, we've got lots of differing opinions for the Cesarowicz, um, but we've got an offer for you as well with all these different um, selections in mind. You can place two £5 racing multiples and you will get a £5 free bet that's available to all customers on both Friday and Saturday this week. We've got great racing um, to end out the week as well. It is 18 plus and T's and C's do apply. And then for new SBK users, you get £30 in free bets when, they, when you sign up and bet £10 for the first time. That's all for us this, this week. Make sure to like, subscribe. Um, you can find us on any podcast channel and uh, we're on YouTube as well and we will be back with you again next week for maybe some jump selections from Ross. We'll see you soon.